Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. Because I watched the US feed um, here in Tijuana. I have a way of doing that. 
uh, but it wasn't on the ESPN Plus feed. And I haven't found footage of this either. Usually Azteca Channel and Sanford are pretty good at posting it on their YouTube channel fairly quickly after the fight a couple days later. But I haven't seen that either. But um, interim WBA champion Jessica Neri Plata scored a unanimous decision over Aziz de Jesus Flores in an eight-rounder at 108 pounds. Scores were 80-71 two times and 80-70 for Jessica Neri Plata. Now, Jessica wasn't the original opponent for this fight. She actually came in on the A side, but as a late sub since former champion Silvia Torres, the younger sister of the great Ana Maria Torres, tested positive for COVID-19 um, after the weigh-in. They tested her, or actually probably at the weigh-in, but they didn't get the results until later. But she weighed in, it looks like, and she tested positive. Or actually, maybe it was a week before. I'm not 100% sure, but because they had to call Jessica and, and, and tell her that she was going to fight. So it wasn't at the weigh-in. I believe it was about a week before that Torres uh, came up positive for COVID. And that made way for Nettie Plata, who was ready to fight. And she got the decision. And unfortunately for her, as of right now, I was talking to David earlier uh, before we went on the air. And it looks like BoxRec.com, which is – the unofficial score uh, record keeper for boxing is not recognizing these fights out of Mexico City. They're coming up as no contest on their website. And the reason being is because, according to BoxRec, there weren't sanctioned fights. There wasn't a commission present, according to BoxRec. Now, as far as the reports that I read, Mexico City, who has their own commission and where the fights were held, did not have not opened up for live boxing, no matter if it's behind closed doors. But the WBC got involved as well as Stanford, the promoter, and they, you know, did what they needed to do. And according to reports that I read, the state commission, which is the state of Mexico, like, you know, uh, Washington, D.C. is kind of like the district there. Mexico City kind of is the same way where it's its own municipality, but it's within the state. And the state of Mexico, where Mexico City is located, Supposedly, we're going to sanction the fights, but according to BoxRec, um, they are not being sanctioned. So, as of right now, their show has no contest on BoxRec. Now, we don't know if that's going to be the official record, but as far as BoxRec is concerned, it's not showing as uh, an official fight. So, like I mentioned at the start of the show, we are going to have a special guest tonight, like we always do here on the show, which will be former champion Ewa Piakowska of Poland. She's going to be calling in. It's very early in the morning out there in Poland, so she's going to wake up fairly early for us to be on the show. I think she's going to call in about half an hour. So why don't we go into a little bit of the news that have transpired in the last couple of weeks since our last show. Our last show was on June 11th, which our next show is going to be on July, uh, I believe, 9th. Yeah, that's when our next show is scheduled for July 9th. So the biggest story of the last two weeks is the news that as of right now, as of us speaking tonight on the two-minute round, the fight between the undisputed lightweight champion Katie Taylor and current WBO featherweight champion Amanda Serrano is off. Last week, Serrano posted a press release stating she was asked to take a pay cut to be able to have the fight. According to her promoter, Lou Dabella, no figures were discussed. After some back and forth on Twitter, Eddie Hearn, promoter of Taylor, posted there would be no pay cut, but 
but until now, no official date has been announced. David, you have been following and doing some reporting on this story. Do you have any more news besides the one I just shared regarding this fight? Uh, no, everything's in limbo. Um, what happened is that uh, Amanda had a contract with a TV program uh, when she found out she was going to fight Katie, uh, and then she signed a contract with a TV program. So she has that contract now. Well, now people are saying, well, can't you get out of it? Well, it's not that easy. So even if she can, even if she does get the amount of money that she wants, getting out of the contract is another thing. So it, it's all up in the air. It's all in limbo. And, uh, but I would say it's, it looks 50, 50. Um, the other thing too, is that Amanda would have to be willing to go to England, spend time there for about a month without her, uh, her corner, without any kind of support. So that's another factor too, that I think, uh, might hurt it from happening. Two questions, David. Um, before we move on to Lupe and her thoughts about this whole fiasco that's going on with one of the most anticipated fights of in female boxing, if not in 2020. Um, but one of my questions is, what are the repercussions of her not uh, honoring that contract with that TV show? I mean, they could sue her, obviously. Uh, other than that, would it, I mean, would it be pretty big? There's no negotiating. What, what's going on as far as you've heard with that contract? Uh, gee, I, you know, that part I can't really say. I can't say how much they're being paid. I can't say. I do know it's a long commitment because it's a real, reality-type TV show. So I know it's not just a one-day affair. So in that regard, I would think that, um, I mean, TV, uh, the TV platform could be pretty powerful. And uh, I don't know about the contract, if they can get out of it or not. Um, see, it's just up in the air. I know it's not a – some people have been talking over the social media that she's afraid. But, I mean, Amanda Serrano is, I think, even better than Katie Taylor in terms of pound for pound. I don't know if she could beat her at that weight because that is a different weight, card, uh, weight class. But um, – mm-hmm. I mean, she's no fighter of that status is afraid of another fighter. It's just ridiculous for people to say things like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. That she's afraid, I don't believe in that. Now, my second question before we move on to Lupi's thoughts are, what, what is the reasoning for her to have to go to England for about 30 days without her team? What is the, what have you heard as far as the reason that she would have to do that? That for Lupi or me? That was for you, David. Oh, uh, well, that, that's uh, the British protocol. So, as far as the COVID nineteen right now, the the pandemic, the the pandemic, they want her to come in early so that she could be clean and she could be quarantined right. and training out there. Okay. Now, Lupi, yes. what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure that you have followed the story intently, like David and I have. What, what are your thoughts on as far as what's going on with this fight? Well, for one thing, Felipe, you're right. It is the, it's the, it is the most anticipated fight right now. And like my, my sister and I, Blanca, were talking, and like she says, it's a million-dollar fight. Shoot high. 
you know, and David, you're right. She's not, Amanda's not afraid. I mean, she's not afraid of anybody, but she has a lot to lose. One thing being her legacy, and she should be paid for that. She's worth it. And, yeah. and another thing, um, she had told me a while ago, if you don't hear from me, it ain't happening. So, and she's pretty, I mean, you know how she is on social media. She's straight out. So for people, when they heard Eddie Hearn saying the fight's on, I see a lot of people run with it. And then they were so disappointed when it wasn't so. It's like, actually, 2020 has already proven that everything is canceled until they're at weigh-in <laughs> or even in the ring, you know? True. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, I, I say ring because, I mean, we saw what happened with Clarissa Shields in that first fight with uh, Havazin where they're at the weigh-in and then something happened in the fight uh, wasn't go. held um, now, true. there's some number. I mean, obviously, these numbers are not uh, official, but some of the numbers that have been reported as far as the purses would be that Katie Taylor is getting close to a million dollars for the fight, whereas Amanda Serrano is originally contra- the contract that she signed for, not after the proposed pay cut. Um, she was getting about 400000 which I would imagine mm-hmm. would be the biggest purse of her career. Now, that's what that's the numbers that have been reported, I don't know if those are the official numbers. No, according to uh, what I heard, it's lower. The official number lower. that she actually signed on the original contract? Yeah, it's lower than that. Wow. Mm, okay, wow. Well, DeBella on Twitter shared, and I'm going to quote, this is Lou DeBella, who is Amanda Serrano's uh, promoter, stated, recently, Eddie Hearn, Asked, obviously, Backroom Boxing promoter and the promoter, Katie Taylor, asked if Team Serrano would take a pay cut to fight Katie Taylor in August. The proposed date is, this is me uh, jumping in, is August 15th. Going back to uh, Lou DiBella's quote, literally in Amanda's promoter's backyard, breaking away. Uh, Actually, it's going to be announced tomorrow, the fight cards that are going to be held in um, the backyard of uh, Eddie Hearn's estate. Basically, I don't know if you guys will remember. I know David does, and I sure do remember, like, if it was yesterday. But Playboy, uh, uh, Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner. Um, used to have fight cards about once a year on ESPN in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. was very fortunate, lucky, to attend one of them. Um, and uh, I'm sure David went to a couple more than I did. Um, and that's basically oh, yeah. what Eddie Hearn is going to be doing without, obviously, the nude women that used to be around on the <laughs> Playboy uh, fight cards. Um, what? I'm and sure that Eddie Hearn's not going to help. <laughs> yeah, there was a zoo, and there was the, the the grotto and all that. I mean, it was unbelievable. But uh, free food and everything. So that is what Eddie <laughs> Hearn is proposing. That's what he's going to be announcing tomorrow, and they are going to be announcing some fights. So going back to uh, uh, Lou DeBella's quote, as he stated, I spoke to Team Serrano, and we agreed that Eddie's backyard for a pay cut in front of no audience was not how Amanda wanted to fight. The bigger fight of her, the biggest fight of her life, and one of the biggest fights in the history of women's boxing. I supported her mm-hmm. in that decision. We didn't discuss the amount of purse reduction because it was a non-starter under the circumstances. And I do agree with Lou DeBella to that extent. Because in the statement that was released by Toronto, it was stated that she had been asked to take about a 15% pay cut, which wasn't relative supposedly to what Katie Taylor has been asked to take. 
But according to her promoter, Lou DiBella, the, the amount of reduction wasn't even discussed because as soon as I said pay reduction, Amanda Serrano um, jumped out. Now, Lou DiBella has also stated on Twitter that the contract that she has to fight Katie Taylor is still binding and it still needs to happen, but it needs to happen under, according to them under at least the circumstances that they signed for. But like David just shared with us, um, you know, that contract with that TV network um, might stand in the way. Now, the one thing that I do find surprising of that contract, I mean, obviously we don't know the details of that contract for that TV network and that show is why there wasn't a clause that would give them an out if this type of situation happened. Not that she would sign the contract for a fight after the fact that she signed the contract for the TV network, but why isn't there a clause that allows her to step out of that TV network contract if something like this would happen, that if a fight that she already had signed for was postponed to the point where it would interfere with the TV show? Because I've spoken to other people about this, and the one opinion that is throughout everybody's comments is that where does she make her money? She makes her money as a boxer. And what is she? Mm-hmm. She's a boxer. She's not a reality TV star. Obviously, the exposure on a network is very important, and it would probably put her at a different level as far as exposure. But at the end of the day, she's a fighter, whether it's in a boxing ring or an octagon in the MMA. And I yeah. think that's, that's the interest that should be um, protected. Don't you think, David? Um, well, first off, I'm not, I'm not an attorney, but once that fight was canceled in May 9th, that contract wasn't binding anymore. So whatever mm-hmm. Eddie Hearn says, that contract is over. So, I mean, he had to redo another contract. So True. when Amanda signed yeah. for this other TV, that's the contract that's really binding. See, uh, Eddie's just blowing smoke. You're but, right. Uh, they had to sign a new new contract. That is right, because once the once because the contract that they signed um, is 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 specific to the weight, to the date, and to the purse, and to other specifics that are specific to that contract. Now there might be a clause that says that it can be extended, but to that point, I don't know, because like you say, David, we're not lawyers and we're not privy. We actually haven't seen the contract. Loopy, I heard you. Um, you know, affirming my statement as far as what she is as a fighter and not a TV star. Did you want to um, share some of that? Yeah. Um, so, so what is, okay. So the first contract was the good contract. She agreed to the money. And then so once, once uh, COVID hit, that's null and void. So then they came with the, the lower amount. Like originally Lou DiBella said, remember he, had to, he said they put it on the table and she walked. So she walked for the second. And then he, and then he retracted what he said, right? So what well, is, I far, I mean, well, as far as I understand is that they have that contract, which according to, you know, what we're talking about here, it's not valid because the date's not there anymore. Although we might not know that for sure. Obviously we're not lawyers and we don't know if there's some kind yeah. of clause on there that states that it mm-hmm. that it extends it for a period of time if a natural disaster or something like COVID nineteen happens to get interfere. We don't know that as of right now. But so I guess, you know, Eddie Hearn 
went to Elizabeth and said, hey, we want to have the fight on August 15th, but we're wondering if Amanda is willing to take a pay cut to make it happen. And mm-hmm. Lugabella obviously doing his job because it's not his decision to make to reducing her pay. And obviously him by his statement saying that it wasn't something that he was going to advise her to do, that it's not the right thing to do to take a pay cut and fight in Katie's backyard, in Eddie's backyard and in England with no audience. He went over to Amanda and said, hey, and obviously her team and said, hey, you know, they want to have the fight on August 15th, but they're talking about a pay cut. And as soon as they say pay cut, Amanda said, talk, stop here, because I'm not going to consider a pay cut. As far as what I understand the story, that's the story. Yeah, but why did Lou say that and then retract it? What did he, he was like, I didn't say that. So um, just, I think it was I, guess, a, I saw something as far as the Twitter where a um, there's a website out of Ireland that they they write a lot of stuff and he was kind of um, kind of um, trying to have them be more truthful in the reporting according to him and that's what I believe he was saying that he was trying to get them to retract. Yeah, according to what? Sorry to cut in. Yeah. Uh, according uh-huh. to what I saw, Bella claimed that he never spoke to the Irish Times, and they were mm-hmm. they wrote that he they quoted him and he said he yeah, never spoke to the Irish Times. <laughs> yeah, so there's where you go when you quote him. You haven't ever even spoken to him. That's I think what he was trying to clarify. Oh. Now, one thing, go ahead, Dave. Oh, it may not be the Irish Times, but it was an Irish newspaper. Some kind of. I don't yeah, want like to shoot down a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it is, uh, I, I've seen some reports, it's from like an Irish uh, website or something like that, that they do post yeah. a lot about Katie yeah. Taylor, because Katie Taylor is a big story in Ireland, I mean, that's where she's from. Now, to piggyback on a statement that Lupi said a couple minutes ago, where you can't believe anything unless you see them inside the ring, former, it had been reported after this whole story came out, that former WBC lightweight champion Delphine Persoon had publicly stated she is more than willing to step in for Serrano. So a lot of people ran with that story saying, oh, well, if Serrano's not going to fight, Pursuit's going to do it, and she'll take less money, and blah, blah, blah. And they ran with that story. And this would be a much-anticipated rematch of their controversial title fight last year, year where a lot of people saw Pursuit win against Katie Taylor. Now, Pursuit's manager, Philip, uh, let me see here, I'm trying to fix my Tampere, says Pursun is willing to face Taylor in her next fight, but has not heard from Eddie Hearn. Pursun just came out with a report saying that she's willing to fight, but but nobody's talked to them. No no uh no talks have been had, no no purses have been said, but he says that she's more than willing and able to step in on that August fifteenth date. Now, a little bit more in the story Obviously, Pursun is one of those fighters that was looking to fight in the Olympics, but she was eliminated um, in one of the the semifinals or the finals or one of the trials. And according to her manager, she got really sick after that trial. And although her COVID test came up negative, her doctor believes that she had COVID at that time. So who knows what's going on with that story, uh, quite honestly. But hey, if if we can't have, um, if we can't have 
Serrano, a Taylor Serrano, and we get Taylor Pursuit, is not what we want to see, but I'm not going to scoff at it. What do you think? Not, a, not at all. No, I'm not going to laugh at it either. Let's do it because we all know Delphine wants it, and Taylor wants to prove that it wasn't just, you know, a little glitch that she had. Um, but, um, I, hey, David, have you got uh, anywhere on those VADA results? <laughs> On the, on the what? Oh, the Vada? No, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, Felipe, that'd be a great fight, too. <laughs> I'm just messing well, no, let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask you this, David, and then we'll go with Lupe uh, right after. Now, we all know, or oh, we've heard the rumors. We don't know if they're, they're, they're um, concrete or not. But we read the rumors of the zone having some financial problems, even though they just signed a big contract to uh, to broadcast the uh, German soccer league, but they're taking a long time to get back into boxing. I mean, we see Top Rank already have almost a full month of boxing. Um, Sanford in Mexico is coming back. We have Fox coming back soon. Golden Boy were willing to come back on July 4th, but that didn't happen because of whatever reason. And now they're going to be coming in at the end of July. So Eddie Hearn has stated that tomorrow he's gonna share all the fight cards that he does have ready for that um for that backyard of his. How important, David, is it that in one of those fights in that backyard, Katie Taylor is featured on? How important is it for the zone or for boxing in general? Um, well, in terms of women's boxing, I think it's huge because uh, Katie is one of the elite fighters and uh, she generates uh, a huge audience in Europe. I don't know about America. Yeah. I don't think she's really captured America yet. Uh, she's, you know, on the periphery, but uh, only the hardcore fight, uh, female fight fans uh, know about her in America, but in Europe, she's huge. Um, I think that uh, for boxing, not as much over here, but she, I, She's almost there. I mean, a fight like this would really push her to the top, though. It really yeah. would. A fight with Amanda Serrano would have really done it because she's American. And mm-hmm. see, Delphine Pursuit is, is another European, so it might get lost in the shuffle, even though it's a great fight. I, I wouldn't poo-poo that fight because that is a good fight. We saw yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that, that's what, what I think. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Lupi? Delphine and Taylor are like an underground fight, you know, for everybody who really, you know, like you said, David, like the hardcore, that's the underground. And Amanda, because she has America and Puerto Rico, that's a great fight for, you know, it all depends who Katie's matched up with. True. You know, know, when Dazon went, when they gave um, Canelo his deal, it was Canelo, right? And Mm -hmm. I I remember telling my husband, because he's in finance, and I was like, check this out. Do you know Dazon? No. Well, this is what they're doing. And he's like, how are they going to make their money? He goes, really, mm-hmm. how are they really going to make money? And it's true. And then COVID hit, and there it is. It's like you wiped out how you make your money, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to – their subscriptions right now are not to the point that it's paying not only Canelo, but – all the other fights that they've had, you know, they also have a multi-million. I mean, it's a hundred million dollar contract with um, yeah. Gennady Golovkin. Um, they have a huge contract with Golden Boy to broadcast their fights. They have 
they've been broadcasting, even though they have they don't have an exclusive contract with him, but they are broadcasting the Anthony Joshua fights. So that's a pretty penny there as well. So they're gonna have to do something and we're gonna to see tomorrow on Friday what are the fights that are announced for that backyard. Now we're gonna to touch on another fight that might be happening soon on the zone a little bit later on in our fight chatter. Um, but Katie Taylor has to feature prominently at least in one of those fights. But as of right now, she doesn't have an opponent as far as we know. Now moving on to our next uh, news call as we wait for Ewa Piakowska, former world champion, to call us from Poland any minute now. Last week it was also announced. The current unified super welterweight and undisputed middleweight champion Clarissa Shields was nominated as BETs, which is a, a, a Black Network Sportswoman of the Year, along with Shields track and field star A.G. Wilson was also featured. I mean, nominated tennis players Coco Goff, Naomi Osaka, and Serena Williams, as well as gymnast Simone Biles were also nominated. Williams has been nominated every year. The, the, the tennis player, Serena Williams, has been nominated every year since the inception of the award in 2001. Shields is not the only boxer ever nominated with heavyweight Layla Ali nominated from 2001 to 2005, although she never won the award. Now, we'll touch on this uh, news note a little bit later because on the line now, all the way from Poland, is none other than former world champion Miss Ewa Piakowska. Let's give her a warm welcome. Hi, Lupi. Hello. Hi, Felipe. Hello, David. Hello Hi. to all the listeners. Uh, it's 5 a.m. here in Poland, and I got up just to talk to you guys, and I'm super excited because this is my first live interview in English. So, all right. Oh, nice. Wow. That's great to have you here. we just give you a quick uh, introduction, a two-minute round, the Hooks and Jazz look at female fight world. My name is Felipe, and here we are. I have the former world champion, Ewa Pakoska, and how it is tradition here on our show, Ewa, we're going to pass the baton to our first question from Mr. David Avila. David, go right ahead. Uh, Ewa, uh, first off, uh, hi, and good morning. Hi. And also, how do you pronounce your name? Uh, here in Poland, it's Eva, but when someone says Eva, I don't mind. And the last name is Piątkowska. I know it's hard, but <laughs> then it's a long one, uh-huh. too. So when I sign something, you know, sometimes you get like 100 posters to sign or T-shirts. And I'm always like, why is my name so long? It always takes too long. But, yeah, I know it's it's not a good name for conquering America. But I think everybody will learn it eventually. So, so first off, uh, also talk about uh, how you learned English. I know we spoke before, but for our listeners, uh, tell uh, could you share a little bit how you learned English? Yeah, I started learning English in high school, and then after I graduated from high school, I went to America for two years. I was attending college, college there in California. And that's why I, I learned mostly because, you know, it's, it's the best way to learn just to go to the country where you have to use it all the time. And then I came back to, to Poland, went to UK for a few months. And since then I'm, I'm here and I work here. I started boxing when I came back. Uh, so I haven't been using it for a while, but I, I still remember something. And, and talk about your fight from a couple of weeks ago. We were just talking about it. You fought a couple of weeks ago against uh, Karina Kopinska, is that her name? Yeah. 
So how did that fight go? How did you feel? It's been a, a short layoff for you. Um, what can you say about that fight? It was funny because uh, I know Karina, we fought back in 2016, and I knew that uh, the best way to fight her was by, is by using footwork because uh, she likes to jump in with punches and you just have to keep her in the distance. Uh, but when I stepped into the ring, I looked around and I was like, this ring is so tiny because this, it was the smallest available ring for professional boxing. You have no idea how small it was. And I figured that there's no way... I can just dance around there. Uh, So I felt like I was excused and I can just stand in front of her and trade punches, especially that I felt stronger than her. I knew that I wasn't risking much uh, because I knew her well. And um, I know it wasn't my best fight because, you know, um, I was maybe too steady a little bit, but you can't expect a lot after such a long break because I had a year break and before that I had another year break. So I just needed this a lot, and my opponent is a girl who, she doesn't have a good record, but uh, she goes abroad and fights abroad almost all the time, and sometimes she wins on her at her opponent's home country, and obviously she was, she was uh, wrapped of her victory a few times, and I knew she, she's dangerous, and she was super motivated for me because she knew I had a long break, and she just saw it as a chance. Her coach told me that she was training like never before, and I even saw it before the fight in her eyes because, you know, we are friends. I mean, not good friends, but we like each other, so she was always smiling to me. But before that fight, she didn't really, she didn't even want to talk to me because uh, she just had this one goal to beat me. Uh, so I'm very happy that I had this opponent, such a such a girl that, that is coming forward all the time and really wanted to win from the first to the last round. And she let me just feel the ring again. I lost some rust thanks to this, and now I'm ready for, for bigger challenges. And uh, what was it like fighting uh, under these uh, new conditions because of the virus? Uh, did you have people there, or were was there uh, a lot of an audience, or was there nobody? I was in a hotel, so it was just a few people. There were like uh, three tables, so it was a really small audience. But we we heard them anyway. Uh, and now I'm I'm going to fight probably on July 25th. And we're looking for a place now because we're still going to fight without the audience or with a tiny audience. Uh, but it might also be a TV studio in a Polish TV. Uh, they did it like a, a, about two weeks ago with kickboxing. They just put a ring in a TV studio and there were like no people whatsoever, just cameramen and the fighters and coaches. So it might be like that. It's kind of weird because uh, it's, you know, you, you don't hear the cheering and you can hear everything so clearly, even what the uh, what the opponent's coach tells your opponent to do. But I don't mind. I'm just happy I can fight because I had such long breaks that I'm I'm just meeting every opportunity to to get into the ring. And and what's it like in your country uh, regarding the viruses? Are there a lot of people on the street? Is it crowded, or are just pe- are people back on the streets? Uh, We had a few weeks where everybody was just sitting home and everything was closed. And it was almost two months like that. 
but now everything is coming back to normal. The shops are open, the restaurants are open, and the hotels as well. Uh, there are not as many people in those places as usual, but everything is coming back to life because, you know, uh, this virus hit everybody, hit the businesses, and people are just trying to earn money, just trying to survive because uh, you know how it was in, in every country, also in the United States. I know it hit hard over there, but we just have to manage to, to you know, just come back to normal and we'll see what happens in the fall because they said that the virus might come back. But I don't think it's going to be like it was right now that everything will be closed because the, the economy just can't afford it. Oh, I see. And and, and you are fighting um, at a lower weight now. And how is that doing for you? You feel better at the lower weight? You know what? Um, this is. It's not like I'm cutting to this weight because I was always naturally naturally about 140, even lower than 140. And when I started my career, I was fighting in super light weight, and I never did weight. For this, and then the, then came opportunity to fight for the European belt in 147, and I was like, okay, I will do it because I was never afraid of bigger girls. I know I can punch, I know I can take a punch, so I decided to to give it a go. And then after I won this belt, there came an opportunity to fight for the WBC belt in 154, and fighting for this belt was always my dream. So I I didn't even think about it for more than a minute. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I told my promoter that I can do it. He asked me if I was sure because the, these girls are really big. I mean, they cut to 154, and I had to balloon up just to meet them in this division. But I, I decided to do it. And um, before the weight, weighing, I would just, you know, drink a lot of water, a lot of fluids just to meet the criteria. But then after this, when I was stepping into the ring, I was often like 140 or just 140 something. So now when the WBC took the belt away from me because uh, I didn't do, uh, I didn't have uh, my title differences uh, in the time that they, they were expecting me to fight, I just decided to come back to my natural weight division because I was there up there just because of the belt. And now I can, you know, try to fight for the belt in my natural division. Oh, did you um, ever uh, think, now that you dropped down in weight, are are you thinking about fighting uh, Eva Brodnika in a rematch? You know what? Um, we proposed a rematch just after that fight. Uh, but they're running away because, you know, this, well, she's uh, she's just a fraud. You know, this girl can't fight. She should have five losses by now. And she just knows that in Poland nobody can touch her because the the judges are always on her side. You know how it is in boxing. You have fighters like that. And mm-hmm. um, I hope that Michaela Mayer or Terry Harper will just invite her and uh, when she goes, because what she does is when she has an opponent that wants to fight, that wants to throw punches at her, she just holds for the whole fight. And then the referee goes, don't hold, don't hold, don't hold, like a hundred times, but they never deducted even one point from her. 
to to make her fight. So after such, you know, after ten rounds of holding, she gets a decision. But when she goes abroad and she's not protected anymore, they would either deduct the point or uh, and or when she starts to fight, I think she will get knocked out because she doesn't have a chin. I put her down in the first round. There was this girl from Super Featherweight that came here to Poland and she put her down too. So I think Mayer and Harper are strong enough to do it. I mean, yeah, we we proposed this rematch many, many times, but they always say no. So so who is your dream match then? What fight would you want? Like if somebody said you can have any fight you want, who would you want to fight next? Uh, my dream opponent is Cecilia because she she has always been my um, my favorite fighter. I think she's the first woman that I watched in a professional fight, and uh, I would like to catch her before she retires. But I know there's a line she has a fight with Jessica McCaskill now, but we'll see. And besides her, I would like to meet. Some, one of the American champions in 140, which is Jessica McCaskill or Mary McGee. Oh, interesting. Well, thank you very much, Eva. I'm going to pass you on to Lupi. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Eva. Hi, Lupi. Hi. It's good to talk to you. Hey, your English yeah, is really I'm good. Happy. Once again? Your English is really good. Oh, thank you. Really thank good. you very much. So I'm a California girl, too. I'm right outside San Francisco. How did you like it? Great. Oh, I loved California. You know, sunny Where weather all the time. I was I was in a small town between Los Angeles and, and San Francisco, like in the middle. It was Central Valley, and there was this college in a town where there were like 13,000 13, people, I guess. So really peaceful, small town. We had like... Uh, McDonald's, Starbucks, Kmart <laughs> there, and that was pretty much it. Uh, but you had really everything you needed. It. Yeah, there were people from all around the state and some Asian students too, so I had fun. I put on a lot of weight, and uh, I think that's, that's why I started boxing, because when I came back to Poland, I was about 26 pounds heavier than when I left and <laughs> I decided to lose it and, and that's how I ended up in the boxing gym. Oh, wow. Hey, you, that's, a, that's great that you were blessed to like be out in America for a while and then go back. So, Eva, you're 13 and one, you have four knockouts and you have, you had the WBC super welterweight and you defended that two times in three years. Yeah. I know that you were supposed to defend it every six months, and obviously you weren't able to do that because the sanctioning body stripped you of the belt, making way for the shield Habazin fight. Mm-hmm. And you stated that you weren't surprised at the WBC's decision. So what obstacles did you have on your end with you and your promoter? Oh, um, he just didn't want to spend money for organizing uh, a defense here in Poland. And we were getting some offers from abroad. I got some offers from Sweden or from Canada. But it was at the times where the the women's boxing was waking up already, at mm-hmm. least in the United States, but actually all over the world. And mm-hmm. I knew that the offers that were getting to me were like 
the best offer I got was like three times lower than uh, the the offers that other girls were getting when they were going to the stage with their belts. And I was telling my promoter, hey, why am I getting this much when all the girls like from um, Brazil and other countries, when they go to the stage with their belts, they're getting three times more. And he was like, no, you're not, what you're saying is not right. They are not getting this much money. But I know they did because some of the persons were official. And I talked to people. And, you know, I, I know that, that what, what, was, what I was saying was true. But they never listened to me. And I said that if I accept this offer, uh, I, I wouldn't feel, feel good about it. You know, that I'm going abroad with my WBC belt and getting uh, one-third of what the girl from Brazil is getting. And she also won her belt at her country, and then she defended it twice in her country. And why should, why am I worse than this? I, I wasn't worse in any way, like boxing-wise, marketing-wise, or achievement-wise. And we were, you know, just keep trading messages like that, and the WBC got just sick of it and took the belt. I'm I'm even surprised that they were they were waiting so long because you know, after my first when I won the belt, we waited two years for the first defense. Yeah, they were pretty um lenient with you. So are you still with the same promoter? Yeah. Well, a, a few months ago we decided that uh, we want actually have a we won't have a uh, official divorce, but uh, he told me that I can look for the fights by myself, and I started to look for uh, a, man- a manager in the USA because I knew that it was the direction I wanted to go, and I found this promoter. I mean, uh, the manager, and we mm-hmm. decided not to sign anything yet, but he said he would look for a fight for me, and uh, he was pretty close of of arranging a fight uh, pretty close from arranging a fight before the COVID and then you know it hit and uh, we had to wait a few months and now that everything is going back to life he contacted me and he said yeah are you ready because right now I can arrange something for you and I told him that yes I'm back in the training Uh, I have decided on July 25th and after that I'm ready to go so we'll see what happens uh, I hope he will arrange a fight for me in in the U.S. because that's where I wanted to go and where I want to show my skills. Yeah, it's yeah. Do you want to give the name of your of your manager, your new manager yet? Um, not yet, but uh, I of course when he arranges the fight, we will announce it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm looking forward to to who you have. He's you said he was American, right? Um, I don't know if he was born there, but uh, he here? is just on that uh, on that market. Oh, I'm excited to find out who you have. That's always yeah, he has a <laughs> he has a girl in 154 <coughs> that he's managing, so it's a hint. Oh, okay, okay. So that's my clue. He has somebody at 154, and then I can start investigating. You know, Eva, you you touched on this with David a little about the COVID-19, but how comfortable were you personally for yourself 
and for your own health fighting amid the COVID-19? Um, we had we had difficulties preparing for this fight because there was a moment in Poland when I told you everything was closed, so they even closed parks and forests. There was just no way to to stay in shape to prepare for any fights. So mm-hmm. there was like a, a few weeks that I was really sitting home doing nothing. I mean, doing some push-ups and sit-ups and what what can uh-huh. you do when you're home and uh-huh. um. Then, then when when gym started to open up, I went directly. We started working, but I remember the first practice, I nearly died there because you know I was just suffocating. I would go to the window, open it widely, and just breathe because I couldn't stand the uh, the training after like eight weeks of doing nothing. But after yeah. a few days, I yeah I had to adapt. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody is at their best shape right now. Even the fighters that went yeah. for the training camp before the COVID, like, like Cecilia, she went to Big Bear and her training camp is yeah. so long right now that I don't know if it's to her advantage because we all know how it is when, when you're preparing for the fight and the the fight, the, the day of the fight just goes forward and forward and they give you the new dates all the time it's not good for a fighter but I'm just happy that everything is is coming back and we just have to take what they're giving no that's great you know you're really competitive I can tell I mean I was looking at some of your fights your last fight I only saw like one or two rounds that's all I could do and I got interrupted but I looked at your 2019 fight I think that was Camilla Boca and um, mm-hmm. I know I know she only had a few fights, but I was watching, like, when you came out in the first round, you studied her, and then you went in, and you would go in with some exchange, with accommodations, and then she would cover, and you would put your, arms, your hands down. You did it a few times. Were you? I was like, wow, I think she's frustrated, because you, did you want, you wanted that exchange, right? I mean, yeah, you know what? It was a, a the story was like this. Um, we were shooting a documentary. Uh, it was like I think six episodes, and each episode was about one girl that's uh, in some martial arts sport. I was one of three boxers that that were featured there, and the director wanted so bad to show uh, my real fight in the in my episode. And I didn't have anything to to give him because, you know, my promoter wouldn't organize a fight for me then. Uh, but mm-hmm. my friends were organizing this tiny event, and I asked them if they could, like, invite somebody for me so we can make an official fight, obviously someone cheap. And they said, yeah, of course, you can come and, and we will we will bring some girl for you. And that's how it happened. I didn't prepare for this fight. I didn't do even one sparring because about two weeks before the fight, I asked them if we could do this. And that's, uh, I I just went there to so that the director has a good material for the documentary. And mm-hmm. uh, the film is out already. I liked it. This, my episode is really interesting, I think. Oh, that's great. I'll have to look at it. We'll look at it. We'll pass it around. Yeah. So you, you, so you said um, Cecilia would be your first choice, and then, of course, Jessica and Mary. Mary. Um, 
and that you have already a manager who's looking out for you and he's already ready to line you up with some fights. Do you have your paperwork ready to come out? I mean, are you good with all that? My paperwork? Yeah, like to come out once everything's lifted and people are flying. Are you ready to just jump on a plane? Yeah, I guess I, we just need a, a visa for fighters. I think it's a kind of special kind of visa, uh, but everything else is set up. I mean, I have a visa to the United States, but it's just a tourist visa. So all we need to do is uh, is to, to buy a visa that will allow me to fight and earn money over there. Nice. Hey, it was really good speaking with you. It was really nice to meet you. And Thank you. I'm gonna Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message you with my guest. I'm going to think about it and see mm. who's managing you. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to pass you to Felipe. <laughs> Felipe. I think Hi. I hope I will let you know soon who my who my uh, manager is. <laughs> okay, but if I but if I guess it, if I guess it, will you tell me? Yes or no? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I okay. <laughs> Thanks. Hi Eva, how are you doing this morning for you? Hi. Is it is it Lupi? No, is it Felipe? Felipe. Yes, Felipe. That's right. Um, All right. So fairly quickly, uh, just to go back a little bit, you gave us kind of a little bit of a, of a taste of how you got into boxing. You were in the United States studying. You went back a little bit overweight. I guess uh, you got into the McDonald's a little bit too much, and you decided yeah, to McDonald's go into a gym. Student parties. <laughs> you decided <laughs> to go into a boxing gym to lose weight. So what was it about the sport that that kind of caught your eye? Did you – follow boxing before that? Did you, have you ever even seen boxing before that? What was it about boxing mm. that intrigued you enough to become a professional? Not at all. I, I haven't watched boxing before, but I wanted to try something new because I was always into different kinds of sports. And there was this, you know, I tried, I tried, I played basketball in high school. And then when I went to America, I did um tennis class as a PE and I was always on a soccer team as a PE as PE and uh when I came back I just wanted to try something different and when I went to the gym to the boxing gym for the first time it was an evening class just for people who wanted to do something after work and the first the first practice was so boring I was so disappointed because they would made me they would make me do all the steps, like step forward, step back, right, step on the right, step on the left. And I was like, what is it, a dance class? I came here to fight. I wanted to do something exciting, and I'm just making steps for the whole time. But eventually they would let me hit some bags and, or do the technique in pairs and some sparring, and I started to like it. I learned that. I have a good punching power. Everybody was telling me that. And and then, then I started to watch professional boxing. And it was a time in my life because I was about 23 years old that I had, I had to decide what I want to do, which way to go. And I did some deep thinking, and I figured that I will be happiest when, I, when I'm an athlete, that there's no job that would give me more satisfaction than being an athlete and all this lifestyle. I thought it would just be great for me. 
And I was kind of too old because boxing wasn't my favorite sport back then, and it actually isn't now. There are sports that I like more than boxing, but I was just too old to start from scratch with any other discipline because um, when you want to be a tennis player, you have to start when you're like three or five years old and you might succeed. But I looked at, at female boxers and I saw that a lot of them are 30-something or even 40 years old and they are champions. So I knew I had a lot of time to learn it. And that's the way that's that's the way I chose because I wanted to, I'm very ambitious. I wanted to uh, be the best in the sport that I was uh, the that I w- would choose, or I would at least want to achieve something big. And I knew that in boxing I I would get a chance to be a world champion, even though I was 23 when I started. So mm-hmm. I started with amateur boxing just to gain some experience, just to learn it. But I never I never liked amateur boxing because of the helmets, of the gloves that were safe to your opponent. And I did it for three years. I was on the national team. Uh, but then after three years, I decided I'm ready to uh, for my professional debut. But at the time, there was no promoter in Poland who would give girls opportunity. They just didn't want to show females boxing. And after I tried with, just, you know, talked to several promoters, I decided not to do it because they just wouldn't give me an opportunity to to develop the career that I wanted. And I just went to work at the uh, at the airport. And one day I read on the internet, I find an article that there was a rugby tournament uh, in in Warsaw, and that's how I learned there's a uh, a women's team here in my city so I went to practice and I started playing rugby I just gave up boxing for some time and I played rugby for four years I was on a national team too um, I even had a, a, the player of the year award in 2012 and wow. after some time I started to miss boxing so I went to the gym and again to like the, the evening class for people who want to do something after work. And there was this coach who told me, um, yeah, you stand out. You obviously did something with boxing before. Tell me your story. And I told him my story. And he said, you know what? I will try to arrange a fight in professional boxing. If you want to fight professionally, you just have to come here and train with me. So that's what I did for a few weeks. And eventually he really found somebody who would give me a chance. There was this new promoter that was making his first show in Poland, and he said that I can have my professional debut there. So I did this, and uh, uh, like six months, six months after this, he was making another show, and he always gave me, he also gave me a chance there. So I had two fights. I finished them both in the first round, and then the biggest promoter in Poland, the, the promoter of the biggest Polish group, called me and offered me a contract. So that's how it all began. Wow. Now, you mentioned that you started watching boxing. What are the, some of the fighters that you enjoyed watching um, when you were watching it? I remember that it was at the time when uh, Gamboa was uh, a novice. He had, like, his first fights, and I was impressed by his speed. 
I think he didn't have a career that would that would match his talent. Something went wrong, but at the beginning he, his boxing was really impressive. And at that time, I watched uh, Cecilia for the first time. I watched this female fight, and I remember uh, the journalist saying that, yeah, we'll see if this female boxing will be something big, but for now, you know, let's just watch it, let's see. You know how people are about women's boxing. And I, I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. And she she became my favorite boxer back then. And I was watching her career and we'll see how it goes now because I think she'll do fine against Jessica McCaskill. She just knows how to fight against boxers like this, but uh, she might starting to feel her age a little bit. Now you you mentioned her and Lupe as far as like you going up in weight. You started in uh, at super lightweight. You've gone all the way up to technically to 154 pounds at super welterweight, but what is the actual weight that you feel comfortable at? Where is, what weight is it the one that you feel the strongest, the fastest, the best at um, as of right now? 140 is my favorite weight because I never liked cutting. I, I don't think cutting is wise because boxing is dangerous already as it is, and I don't want to make it more dangerous by, uh, by dehydrating. So I never really tried it. I never cut it weight the way boxers do. And when I when I fight in 140, I just don't make weight at all because even today I weigh like uh, 139 or something. So this is my natural division, and I don't have to do anything to to get to it. So in your last fight, which was a couple of weeks ago, you actually weighed 137 and a quarter according to the reports. Now. I don't know if you've been following what's going on right now, but Katie Taylor might need a opponent on August 15th. If you got that phone call tomorrow, would you be ready and willing to fight her at 135 pounds on August 15th? I was actually thinking about it because there are two great fights coming up, Katie Serrano and, and Cecilia Jessica. And I I thought that if any of them gets injured or gets COVID or anything, I can jump in because I'm already in training. So I know that even after my fight, I will stay ready because some opportunity might open up. Of course, I would I would get it because you know um I I heard what you were saying before I called in about this TV show because I didn't know that I thought that it was all about money. But you're saying that Amanda has this TV show, so we'll see if she's able to fight. I know that Delphine Person wants wants her rematch, and I know, I understand her because that fight was very competitive. Uh, a, a lot of people say she should have won that fight, and I think she deserves a chance to to try with Katie again. But if I would be able to jump in, I I'm definitely doing it. Now, my last question for you is, you, you know, we got your story. You started a little bit late in boxing. You actually revealed to us something that we don't hear that often, is that boxing is not your favorite sport, that there's other sports that you enjoy more. Um, and you are a little bit older. You're in your mid-30s. So, But you do have goals. You want to come to America. You want to fight in the United States. And you want to fight some big names like Cecilia Breakhouse or even if given the opportunity to Katie Taylor. So, with that said, how much longer do we have Ava 
I'm not gonna try to say your last name. I'm sorry. In the ring. <laughs> I'm giving myself. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one, two years. We'll see how it goes. Because lately, in in recent years, my career was not looking like I would expect it to look. I'm I'm talking about the, the frequency of my fights, and if this looks better this year or next year, uh, I still want to do it. But if I have to wait a year or even two years for my next fight, it just doesn't make sense because you can't make any progress when you fight once in a year. I think I lost my best years. After I won this WBC title, I was I think I was 32. It's the best years. It's, it's the best year, best age for an athlete. And I was just sitting there waiting because, trust me, I just couldn't accept any offer that was coming. I don't think, I don't even think that the offer makers were offering this money, but you know how it is in boxing, it always goes through some people. Mm-hmm. And the amount that was coming to me was just so low that the best offer, the best offer I got was one third of other girls were getting so that's why I couldn't I really couldn't go and there was no way of doing this fight the difference here in Poland and that's how I wasted two years. Well Eva Piałkowska, I hopefully I got close to that. We thank you That's quite nice. <laughs> we thank you for uh waking up early. I think you're the we've had about fifty, almost sixty guests in about four years that we've done this show. But I think you're the first guest that has gotten up this early to be on the show with us. Usually they stay up late, but you're the first one to actually get up early. It's 5.30 a.m., close to 5.30 a.m. in Poland, where you're calling us from. We thank you very, very much for being with us and for giving us the opportunity to be your first interview in English. And we thank you, and we hope that it's not the, the last time that we have you on the show with us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was very nice talking to you. And I hope some some American boxing fans will know my name now and will expect me to come to USA to fight with some American girl. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Eva. Thank you. Have a good Look day. Thank you. you. Bye, guys. Yes. Bye. Bye. Okay. Take care. And there you have it, like folks. Soup. Former Super WBC Super Welterweight Champion Eva Piakowska, who we was revealed that I mean, and I was looking at a record that when she fought at 100 at, for the 154 pound title, the the Super Welterweight title, she was w- barely weighing into the division. She was weighing like 147 and change, which technically made her a Super Welterweight. But very frank answers, you know, I find it uh, very interesting that. Boxing is not her like favorite sport. It sounds like maybe rugby is or tennis. Um, but rugby. she was very, yeah. yeah, that is tough stuff. And uh, but it seems like she was very intelligent in why she chose boxing as her sport. Her her number goal, number one goal, was to be an athlete, and she knew that boxing was going to give her the best chance at her age to become a world class athlete. And she is, you know, very very good record former world champion and hopefully she gets the opportunities that she's looking for um in the near future Lupi, your thoughts on our interview oh i liked her i really really liked her there was um i felt bad for her sometimes during her interview like you could feel her frustration but mm-hmm. you know 
just different fights and just how her career is going. But she has a good attitude. And, and whoever her manager is over here, he's got one girl, 154. I'll be investigating. And I bet you I find yeah. out. Let us know. I mean, we're not going to reveal it unless she gives us permission to, but at least we will know um, in our own private chat over here. David, uh, David do you already know? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll leave that to back, you, Loopy yeah. Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, going back to uh, find anything. <laughs> yeah, going back to uh, the uh, the news report that we shared right. Before before um, we went on the air with Eva, Eva, I'm sorry, um, Clarissa Shields kind of making some inroads. I mean, there's, that's a subject that we've discussed on our show numerous times, and we actually discussed it with Mark Taffet. We actually even touched it with her on the couple of times that we've had on the show, where sometimes her very open personality, her very frank way of being where she doesn't really hold anything back on social media and she tells it like it is what exactly she wears her heart on her sleeve which in a way can be very endearing to a lot of her fans but also not so endearing to her detractors has caused Clarissa Shields possibly some uh, some opportunities as far as sponsorship or exposure. Mm-hmm. But here, BET, which is a very important network, cable network, I mean, it's not a, a, a terrestrial, you know, like ABC, NBC, but BET has been around forever, has actually nominated her as the 2000, as one of the 2020 Sports Women of the Year. So very important, Lupi. What are your thoughts on that nomination? Oh, my God, I think it's a great nomination. It's something for her to add to her resume I mean and she's in great company um, but you know she's also against and I don't know if she's a first time nominee but Simone Biles I mean she's the most decorated American gymnast she has like 30 Olympic and world championship medals I mean that's a hard competition right mm-hmm. but at least, at least to be being mentioned with the likes of like you mentioned Simone Biles Coco yeah. Golf, Naomi Osaka, and the great Serena Williams yeah. means something, you know? Now, I find it ironic, it really David, does. that I find it ironic, David, that the one other boxer that has been nominated for this award is her current arch nemesis, because she's had plenty in the <laughs> past, but her current arch nemesis, Layla <laughs> Ali, has the only other boxer that has been nominated for this award, David. Yeah, that's kind of uh, ironic. Uh... But uh, I kind of like um, Clarissa as a favorite. Her and are uh, are Biles, I think, because uh, yeah. they've really accomplished a lot. The other girls, they're they're okay. They haven't really won any, anything. Uh, Osaka won hers uh, last year, not this year. And uh, I would have to say Clarissa is a favorite for Biles because uh, yeah. they're both yeah. champions. And not only that, they're in very dangerous sports. They're not in these. Uh, they don't just yeah, have a little tennis ball. I yeah. don't really know now, Simone Biles. I don't know Simone Biles' background. They're gonna put the whole package together. I mean, Shields' background's incredible. Like she said, and I always bring this up, but like she said it herself, I'm from the gutter. Look what I've done with my mm-hmm. life. It always that always sticks with me because it's true. Look at her. That is pretty inspiring, especially if they're yeah. using the the sportswoman of the year to inspire young ladies 
And um, that would be it. I mean, Clarissa Shields, I mean, it's no lie. If you've had the chance to watch her documentary, T-Rex, which has been distributed fairly well. I watched it on Netflix some years ago. You kind of see where her background is and some of the trials and tribulations she's had to get to where she's she's at right now. So it's pretty inspiring. <laughs> and, and... Go ahead, Ish. Uh, what I also like is uh, um, that she gives back to the community. I mean, I see her True. at all kinds of functions, and mm-hmm. I'm like, that's how you do it. That's how you reach mm-hmm. The next generation. Well, exactly what Clarissa is doing. Yeah, yeah she's at I the agree. OCC. She's with all the young people. You know, I heard, a, I read a comment, a negative comment, just the other day, and it said, "Well, all she does is show up at all these places, throwing her face around." No, she's showing. That's your interpretation. She's showing support for Amanda Nunes, for all the guys. Mm-hmm. She shows her support. That's the way mm-hmm. I see it, and I know that's the way you see it too. Now, touching on the favorite, um, even though you you think uh, she might be the favorite, David and, and Lupe, Selena Williams, the, the award ha- was initiated in 2001, and Serena Williams has been nominated every one of those years, and she's won 12 times. So if anybody is on, uh, on route to winning, it might be Serena Williams, but I don't follow tennis, so I don't know what's going on and if she's won anything this year or whatever the case may be, but... Uh, but if there is a favorite, it might be Serena Williams. She's won the award 12 different times um, that it's been around. So uh, we'll see what so, happens. Yeah. I, I, they wanna, yeah. Well, well they if it's based on merit, I follow, I follow tennis pretty pretty strongly. And uh, she hasn't won anything in over a year. And I don't know when the actual – I was looking to see when the actual award is going to be actually uh, given. I didn't see that, but we'll we'll keep that story and and we'll follow up that story to see what's going on. Uh, uh, the ten round bout scheduled for this is good news actually. The ten round bout scheduled for June ninth between Michaela Mayer, our guest on our last show, which was episode number eighty eight. If you want to listen to that, very long, probably one of the longest interviews we've had on the show. It was about an hour long, not only with Michaela Mayer but her manager George Reese, where she explains the whole COVID nineteen situation and she goes into other subjects as well. But she basically explains what went down with her COVID-19 test and why she actually, her fight is being rescheduled against Helen Joseph for July 14th on ESPN. And actually tonight, earlier, before we started the show, I was watching the ESPN uh, fight card and they've mentioned that I believe a cup man or manager or one of the fighters that is, that is fighting tonight or that fought tonight gave positive twice in the bubble, but they found that it was a somewhat similar situation as Michaela Mayer, and because of what happened to her and the research that's been done, that protocol by Top Rank and the MGM and the Nevada State Athletic Commission and ESPN has been evolving, giving the opportunity for Michaela Mayer to face Helen Joseph again, well, not again, but at last on July 14th on ESPN. So that fight is scheduled um, for July 14th, which is, should only be about three weeks um, to go. Also announced today. Go ahead, Lupi. Hey, is that ESPN Plus or ESPN? No, regular ESPN. ESPN. Oh, that's great. Okay, that's good. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays are regular ESPN, and then they broadcast the fight from Mexico like they did last weekend. That's going to be on ESPN Plus, which they are going to do this weekend as well. 
Um, that's ESPN Plus. But Tuesdays and Thursdays around 5 p.m. Um, West Coast time or Pacific time, it's on ESP, regular ESPN. Um, that's also great because everybody can see it. Yeah, exactly. And the other fight that they're going to be also be able to see on July 21st is what it was announced today with undefeated Canadian light, lightweight Kim Clavel, the recent winner just about last, this last weekend of the SB Pat Tillman Humanitarian Award for her work as a nurse in Canada, will be making her stateside debut on July 21st on ESPN. She will be facing the undefeated Natalie Gonzalez of New Rochelle, New York. And according to our friend Mark Jones on Facebook, and if you don't know who Mark Jones is in the sport of female boxing, I suggest you uh, follow him on uh, Facebook or Twitter. He stated on July 21st at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, light flyweight contender, number seven, number WBA ranked number seven, number three WBC, number three IBF, Clint, Kim Clavel, 11-0 with two knockouts of Montreal, Canada, will battle prospect Natalie Gonzalez, 6-0 with one knockout of New Rochelle, New York, in about scheduled for eight three-minute rounds. So it's going to be an eight three-minute round fight on uh, for Kim Clavel, according to this report. Don't know yet if the mayor, Helen Joseph, fight is going to be for three minutes. But as far as this is being... Um, Announced for Clavel, it's going to be three-minute uh, three rounds for eight rounds. Clavel holds the regional NABF light flyweight title. Gonzalez is ranked number 10 by the WBA at flyweight, but campaigned earlier in her career as a light flyweight. Clavel recently supposedly signed a promotional deal with Top Rank, but we don't know that for a fact. We have not seen Top Rank actually confirm that Kim Clavel is their second signee in female boxing with first being Michaela Mayer. I would imagine that if it is so, they would have announced it by now, but I don't know. So we don't we don't know that for sure right now as far as her her signing with Top Rank, but we do know that she is going to be featured on July 21st. The main event for that fight card is going to be Oscar Valdez against Jason Velez, which we expect to be a pretty good rating getter. And actually, Kim Cavell earlier today on the ESPN broadcast today was interviewed by um, Mark Kriegel, who is one of the uh, commentators for Top for ESPN. So that was announced officially today by ESPN and Top Rank on the show. So looking forward to that fight. Now, one thing that I do want to mention before we move on to our next news is how does the WBC feel about this if it does go down, the three-minute round for eight rounds, because they are the NABF, the North American Boxing Federation, is basically the minor league for the WBC. The NABF is part of the WBC family, and one of the biggest opposers of the three-minute round is the WBC. So let's see how this affects Kim Cavell, if at all, by her actually fighting if it goes down these three-minute rounds, David. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I mean, I like the fact that they're they're trying it out, you know. I think uh that extra minute just adds so much more drama to to a fight, especially for female boxing. And, and it might make a difference in that in this fight because you know, Tim Clavel only has two knockouts, Gonzalez only has one knockout. Give them that extra minute. Mm-hmm. Let's see if uh if they can make something happen and actually score a knockout. Yeah, that's what that's what I think. Uh, I think that extra minute means a lot. Yeah, Lupi, any thoughts? 
No, it'll be exciting. And I'm just kind of, you know, slowly but surely, boxing's coming back. Well, and finally, yeah. another much anticipated fight for 2020 might find a home soon as current unified light welterweight champion Jessica McCaskill is ready to move up to a catchweight at welterweight to challenge the long-reigning undisputed queen Cecilia Breakhouse. Recently, McCaskill stated in Metro Boxing, her promoter as of now, called her and told her to be ready since the fight might be as early as July. So with that said and with um, something that we touched on earlier on the show, the Matchroom Boxing will be announcing their fight cards per, uh, scheduled for Eddie Hearn's Backyard fight tomorrow. Let's see if that Cecilia Breakout Jessica McCaskill fight is going to be announced uh, in that scheduling. I hope. All righty. So uh, moving on, uh, we're almost out of time here, but our next show is scheduled for July 9th, which is a Thursday here on the two-minute round. Your hooks and jazz look at female boxing number 89. Uh, more than likely, we're going to have, for the second time on our show, the legendary uh, Christy Martin on the show Yay! on July 9th. So we're going to touch bases with her, but we have been in talks with her to have her on the show. So we're just going to confirm that. But we're giving you guys the exclusive that we are going to have Christy Martin on the show probably on July 9th. We just got to confirm the time and date with her. Um, but we do have one fight on the books scheduled for the next couple of weeks, and that is on Saturday, July 4th. And that's not to say something gets scheduled before that, which I doubt. I think the fight for match boxing are after July 4th. But from Mexico City, uh, Jackie Nava will be featured against Estrella Valverde in a 10-rounder. In a at 122 pounds. No word if it's going to be broadcast on ESPN Plus. I seriously doubt it because I have not seen anything like that that it's going to happen. But it is going to be a, uh, featured in Mexico on the Azteca channel. Now, before we move on, I've been thinking about why they wouldn't feature this fight, David, because Jackie Nava against Estrella Valverde, although Valverde is not um, maybe at Nava's level, but Nava hasn't looked that great in the past. She has been in her last fight, which was a draw against Marcela Acuna. And she's had a little bit of a layover uh, before. And this fight, to me, on paper, is much more competitive than what we saw this last Saturday with uh, Emanuel Narrete and what, what we might see this Saturday with um, Miguel Berchet. But you think that the fact that Top Rank is the exclusive ESPN provider for boxing kind of puts a kibosh on featuring any other female fighter that's not perhaps Mikaela Mayer and and now it seems Kim Clavel that they have an, an exclusivity and they don't want to show any other female fighters that are not under the Top Rank banner? I don't think so because uh, lately they've been featuring a lot of Golden Boy fighters on their, on their cards. Uh, they've already had uh, two or three Golden Boy fighters. Joshua Franco just won the the world title on Tuesday, and he's a Golden Boy fighter fighting in a uh, top rank show. Uh, so I I don't think that would happen. I think they'll they'll they're willing to to go with other promotions, uh, just as long as they're they're bringing back the boxing fan. Top rank is very smart about that. They they mm. they they look at the overall picture. They're very good about that. 
So hopefully they feature this fight at least on ESPN Plus, so we could take a, a look at it. More than likely, um, it's gonna be—I mean, it's gonna be featured on the Mexican channel Azteca, and then probably a couple of days after, hopefully it gets uh, put on 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 uh, YouTube. But I'll be able to watch it. I have a way of watching it here, but but we'll see what what happens there. So with that said, we reached the end of our show. We want to thank. Eva Piakowska for being here with us and actually waking up early out there in Poland to call us. It was 5 a.m. when she called in. Uh, our next show is scheduled for July 9th, hopefully with uh, Christine Ma- uh, Martin, more than likely. So uh, we thank everybody for being with us and we bid you a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.